Hey, it's Ben, and welcome to the Upgraded Executive Podcast, where my good friend Nick and I discuss the tools, techniques, and strategies that you can use to upgrade your own personal and professional performance. We have recorded the first 10 shows, and we will be releasing these over the coming weeks, so be sure to subscribe so you don't miss out. In this episode, Nick and I are discussing stress. Firstly, what are the causes and problems associated with stress? And secondly, ways to mitigate stress, achieve more balance in pressure situations and maximise performance. Hi, Nick. Good morning. Hey, Ben. How are you doing? Yeah, great. How are you? Yeah, very good. Thank you. Excellent. So today we're talking about focus and how people can get really deep focus and get themselves into a flow state. Do you want to kick off by just explaining what a flow state is? So I think for me, how I like to define a flow state is, is, you know, those situations, Ben, where you just lose yourself for hours in work, you know, in a creative kind of process. You might be, say, building a presentation or you might even be building Lego with your children, you know, and just all the sense of time goes and you just, you know, we speak a lot about being present and really in the moment and you are absolutely in the moment and people who are in flow states are often associated with professional sports so yeah you know if you think of a time where maybe you've been playing football or rugby or squash or tennis and you've scored the goal or you've hit the ball and you don't know how yeah it's just sort of time sort of slows down and you're doing things without having to think and i think that you know the last last show we were talking about subconscious and conscious states and i think for me when you're in a flow state sort of sat between that sort of conscious and unconscious state and and things just things just happen yeah so i suppose it's like somebody performing yes uh, but but doing it subconsciously yeah yeah absolutely and you see some people particularly musicians who seem to be in some kind of trance yeah and you know that's that's quite typical of uh, being in a flow state and i think the benefits of being in a flow state are absolutely huge i've got um, a statue from um darpa and mm. darpa's um somehow related to the u.s military in some way and basically what they did is they did a study on snipers and they okay. found that if they were able to put snipers in a flow state yeah. They learn two and a half times faster. Oh, really? Which is just incredible. And also, there was a, a study done by McKinsey over 12 years. And basically, they did a study around executives. And they found that when executives put themselves into a flow state, mm-hmm. they were five times more productive. Yeah. So if you can learn two and a half times faster and it can be five times more productive, then I think it's a skill absolutely worth creating and developing. Yeah, and being conscious about it. And this builds really nicely, actually, when we're talking around, when we're talking about time management previously and allocating a period, again, using Parkinson's law. So if, if, if we're saying, right, we're going to spend an hour and a half or two hours just solely focused on the task, this builds really nicely with really maximising that time and getting the outcome that we want. Yes, yeah, absolutely. So then, you know, you, you know, you put yourself in the right possible place from a sleep, stress, energy point of view. Yeah. You start layering on some of the other things that we've been talking about. You start 
looking at these time management techniques. And then if you can also put yourself into a flow state, then, you know, I think that is the, that's the perfect place to be in terms of just you know, getting your work done in a really effective and fast way. Can you talk us around your eight markers of a flow state? Yes, yeah, so there are eight markers of being in the flow state. Um, these aren't actually mine. And I'm, I pulled up on my screen here his name because his name is very difficult to pronounce. <laughs> he is called Mihai Csikszentmihalyi. Perfect. And uh, yeah, no, it's, uh, it's not easy to say. Um, he is from the University of Chicago and he defined flow states having eight key markers. Okay. So the eight markers are one, we need to have a chance of completing the task. Yep. We must be able to concentrate on what we're doing so there's no distractions. Uh, the task has to have a very clear goal. The task has to provide us with some immediate feedback. Uh, it needs to be with effortless involvement and you sort of remove from all the worries of life. So you just live solely focused on that one thing. Yep. It can't be too hard or too easy. Um, your concern for yourself disappears. But then paradoxically, when you come out of the flow state, the sense of self emerges and is much, much stronger after the experience of flow. So you sort of, so you, so you feel you've been in that flow state. Yeah. And then finally, what we mentioned earlier, the sense of time and duration is completely distorted. Yeah. So, so he defines those are the eight key markers of being in the flow state. And he's probably one of the uh, most prominent people in this space that's done tons and tons of research around flow states. How does, how does a flow state differ with deep work? Are they one of the same thing or are they different? I think they're very similar. So you, uh, there's a book by Carl Newport called Deep Work. Um, yeah. And I haven't read it for, for a while. So I'm not massively familiar with recording content, but I would certainly consider deep work and being in a, in a flow state as being very similar things yeah I'd, I'd say though that the one difference is is that i think you can probably be doing deep work so meaningful work that has to be done and you're giving it your soul attention mm. but it doesn't mean you're necessarily in a flow state yeah you know i think if you're in a flow state you you are completely immersed and you do lose that sense of time and where, where, when, when somebody's in a flow state, where's their brainwave frequency operating at? So we've spoken previously around the different stages of um, brainwaves. Yeah. And I think we've spoken about when we're in that sort of beta, when our brainwaves are predominantly in the beta state. Yeah. And that's when your brainwaves are between 14 and 30 hertz. Yes. And that's when we sort of... That's a normal waking state where we're in conversation. Um, we're really aware. You know, our senses are, you know, looking for dangers, <clears throat> and that's and that's most people's normal dominant state is being in a beta state. Then we have alpha, which is between eight and fourteen hertz. Now this is where 
you're in a light meditation, you're very creative, you're very present, and yeah. they call it you're in this sort of super learning zone. And then you've got something called theta, which is deep meditation. It's where you are when you're in your dream sleep. Yeah. Very, very good at creating pro at solving problems. So you're really good at solving problems in the theta state. And you get really strong insights. You get those like light bulb, aha type moments. So if you can imagine the theta, so the alpha and the theta states, flow state occurs at the boundary of alpha and theta. Yeah. So you're in that state where you're very creative, you're super learning, you're getting the insights, and you've got the ability to solve problems as well. So whatever you can do to push your brain into the low alpha state so that you're on the boundary between alpha and theta, that's going to give you the best possible chance of getting into a flow state. So when we're advocating, I mean, we do it ourselves in terms of mindfulness and practicing different forms of meditation. It sets us up really well to get into the flow state. Yeah, we've, we've spoken about meditation quite a bit, haven't we? And I think that we're both big advocates for some kind of mindfulness meditation yep. routine. And because what that does is it helps put yourself into that alpha state more yep. often. And I think the more that you can train your brain what an alpha state feels like, the more you yep. put yourself there, the better chance you have of going sort of like deeper into the alpha state than being on, on that boundary with alpha and theta. Makes sense. And how do you how do you find then when you Say so when you do a mindfulness or meditation practice, how do you feel after it in terms of your ability to be able to do deep work and focus and get yourself into a flow state? That's a really good question. I think for me, it doesn't happen overnight, but every single meditation that I do, and again, we've advocated a number of techniques which mm. flare and compound for a much greater great again but with med meditation each meditation i see it as my my baseline being positively increased mm. so so now i i feel like i'm completely present and i'm not thinking about the past i'm not being anxious about the future i'm one enjoying life i'm completely present meaning that i can make informed better decisions and i'm happy so that's that's a great place to go into into a task because i feel mentally best equipped to focus on something to the best of my ability yeah great i often find that after i meditate i am able to drop into that state in a mm. much easier way and we'll we'll talk through some other ways that you can sort of hack yourself into a flow state as part of this episode but i think for me mindfulness and meditation is one of those things that is the what I would say is the hard yards. And, yeah. and by that, I mean, you have to get the consistency. You have to do it yeah. every day or most days. And it's just a skill you build and build and build and build. And then it's a skill you'll have for life. Yes. Whereas some of the other things that we will talk about are, are the more genuine hacks where yes. you can hack yourself into a flow state. But... If you know, if you if you if you don't have those tools, or sometimes supplements at hand, then you're not going to be able to use the skill 
Whereas if you use mindfulness to build the skill, it's with you always. Yeah, I think it's a great life skill. And like I said, it's, it's increased my baseline of allowing myself to put me in a, a performance or place of performance each day. Um, I would also say actually that I we're not advocating people sit in a lotus position for four hours a day. I do mine first thing in the morning and typically it's around 15 minutes long because mm. I want to be present for the rest of the day. I don't want to just be sat there and I didn't have the time to just sit there in a Zen like state meditating. So it's, it's, I, I see it as a great way to start my day to put me in the best place possible, but mm. I don't do it for particularly long. You know, 15 minutes in the grand scheme of things is, is nothing. And, and I feel really good for doing it. So I've, um, I think I shared this with the audience previously. I've, I've had a love-hate relationship with meditation for two or three years. And I think that <laughs> I've, always, I've always struggled to create a habit where I can sit down every single day. And yeah. it's tended to be a tool that I've used when I need it, when I'm feeling yes. overwhelmed or stressed. Yep. But having come across something called Siva meditation, my lady called Emily Fletcher. That is meditation that is geared towards performance. Yeah. And actually, it's two meditation sittings a day, each for 15 minutes. And it's the second 15 minutes where I really feel the performance benefit. Okay. It gives me that extra boost, sort of from mid-afternoon onwards. So if you're somebody that has previously struggled with meditation, then... Try other forms, try other modalities, you know, maybe check out the Ziva meditation or other things until you find something that really works for you. And I think the thing that I like about Ziva is, is that Emily Fletcher takes you through this online course and she's, she's very clear around things like, it's okay if you get mental chatter, you know, yeah. maybe have a quiet mind. And she says something mm. that I absolutely love, Ben, around, you know, we're trying to tell our minds to be quiet. Mm -hmm. But just take a moment and try and tell your heart to stop beating. Mm. It's not going to happen. Mm. But we're meant to have thoughts and things going through our, our minds. But the objective is not to fight them. It's just to yes. notice what's going on. Yeah. And I've, I found when I am doing this, and I absolutely echo what you've just said, it's fine to have thoughts coming in. But I just I feel a lot more objective about them. And they slowly dissipate. And then I'm, I'm back into my meditation. So it, it's mm. absolutely fine to be thinking about stuff, but it, I do find it dissipates. And again, I'm getting calmer each minute I do it. Mm. Um, so I, um, I started with Transcendental Meditation, TM, and I moved to, I bought a book by Yogani. We can put this in the show notes, um, which is brilliant. I think it's only six pounds from, from Amazon. And it's literally war and peace in terms of, meditation he, he's got some amazing insights from his huge base of meditators with q a so mm -hmm. pretty much i mean it is war and peace it answered all of the questions that i had and then some mm -hmm. um and i i've since moved to esther hicks um her meditations are beautiful so i'd recommend people check those out and again we'll put a link to um to youtube it's all it's all free um and it's whatever works for people don't think there's a there's a wrong practice um and it's it's fine to to start experimenting and see what what, what works for oneself mm. so i've done i've done three different forms and i've really found a guided meditation that that works for me which i intend on sticking with brilliant 
Should we talk around um, the hacks then for getting into a flow state? Yes. So, so I guess before we go in, in the hacks, there's sort of one other modality that I know we've covered in a previous episode, but I think it's just worthwhile covering again quickly. And sure. that's heart rate variability training. Okay. So basically, to cover quickly, heart rate variability is the space between your heartbeats. Now, if you've got a low heart rate variability, it means you've triggered your freeze fight or flight response. Yeah. And you're definitely going to be in a beta state then. Yeah. Because something is seriously stressing you. Um, and therefore, you're going to be super, super aware. If you can train your heart rate variability to have a high heart rate variability, so your, your nervous system is in balance, you've got a much better position than dropping the, into alpha and theta. And you can train your heart rate variability using a device, well, several devices from a company called HeartMath. Okay. You actually measure your HRV. And then through breathing exercises and thought, you can actually bring your heart variability up. So you can recognize when you've been triggered and train yourself out for that freeze fight or flight response. And that is, that's a highly effective modality if you do feel though you're quite anxious and you've been triggered quite a lot. So um, we'll put the details for In a Balance from HeartMath into the show notes. So is this, is this a, a heart rate monitor that I would wear that's part, part of a watch or is it something I'd wear around my chest? How does it work? You actually clip it on your ear. Okay. And then you plug it into your iPhone or Android device. Um, and then it measures your HRV here. And then you can just do, and I think the beauty, the beauty with the two Ben is, is that you can do it on a commute. Yes. It, it looks like you've got headphones in. Yeah. Now, there are, you can measure your heart variability using uh, a chest strap. You can use it uh, with some wearable technologies. I'm not sure if the Apple Watch does it. I think it might mm. do that. But what you can do with those is you can't train your heart variability. So the beauty with the inner balance devices is that because it's measuring it in real time and you're getting feedback in real time, Mm. And based on your thoughts and your breathing, you're affecting your HRV. Yeah. Then you get that immediate response, which would yeah. be difficult from, say, a chest band or a watch. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's a, it's a great device. It's something that um, something that I provide to all, all of my clients, and they they really enjoy using it. Yeah. When when would they use it during the day, typically? You mentioned on the commute, but would they use it at other points? It's like all things; it has to become a habit. Yeah. And you should really use the inner balance for a minimum of, minimum of six weeks to get the benefits. Right. So you need to anchor it to a certain point in your, in your day. So typically I would do it when I'm commuting on the train. Yeah. Uh, the, other, the other time where it's particularly effective is maybe five or ten minutes before you go on stage before a speech. Yeah. So then you just sort of align your nervous system and yeah. just calm yourself down. Yeah. So I think there are times where you can build it in as a regular habit. You just need to anchor that to a certain point in your day. But other, there are other times where you might use it to put yourself in the right state. So mentally, yeah. you're, you're in the right state and, and you know you're in that performance mode. Yeah, great insight. Thanks, Nick. And then the other one that is very effective is expressing gratitude. Yes. 
because when you're anxious or when you're fearful or when you're nervous, if you can truly, truly express gratitude for something and you mm. and you and you deeply, deeply mean it, mm. then it's amazing how the worries, the fears just start to dissipate. Yeah. And and that's quite that's a very effective tool too, that if you're in that beta state and you want to try and drop down more in, into alpha, expressing gratitude for a few minutes will help just calm down your nervous system. It's, it's worthwhile people spending some time to do this again on a consistent basis. This isn't a one-off thing because they might find it not difficult, but they might be expressing it perhaps in, in an obvious way. And it's all this, the small nuances when, when I've done it that, that can make the difference. So it could just be appreciating the breeze through the trees, going up to, to what I've got around me. Mm-hmm. So it, it differs on a daily basis, but I think the important thing is doing it with consistency, again, on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's right. And also I think, Ben, it's a case of not always allowing yourself to go to the obvious things, like yeah. grateful for my wife, or grateful for my health, or grateful for my children. Sometimes just just feel what comes out and I'll allow that to guide you. So, you know, it, it may well be the sun on your face, yeah. the wind through the trees, and that's completely fine. Yeah. But I think the, the thing is, is not to force it and to really, really feel it. Yeah. Yeah, I love it because it, exactly what you just said, it, it makes one think about stuff that might be obvious, but I'm not consciously aware of it. So it really, really makes me aware of all of my life and all of the environment around me mm-hmm. whereas before it wakes me up you know i might just be going for a walk looking down i'm not actually looking at what's going on appreciating what what i've got it's a great thing to do before you go to sleep yeah have you ever tried doing it with your boys i know they're quite young uh yeah they're, they're four in october um not so much Mm. We we started it with my son when he was probably maybe around five. Now he's yeah. ten in August. Yeah. So we do what he calls gratefuls before bed. Love it. Where um, I do one, my wife does one, he does one, and he will never go to bed without doing it now. Yeah. And I think it's such a powerful thing because it puts him in the right state to go to sleep. Yeah, and you know what a what a wonderful way to drift off to sleep. You know, yeah. being truly, truly grateful for something. And I think that whilst it might seem a bit rude, if people struggle to connect to what they're really, truly grateful for, just try putting putting their hand all over their heart. Mm. And imagine if you could breathe through the center of your heart, mm. and just concentrate on your breathing, and that. And that really, so whenever Reese does this, and you know, he's a typical 10 year old boy, you know, he'll be like, he'll come up with something like, I'm really grateful for my PS4. <laughs> I'm like, come on, are you going to do it properly? <laughs> and he always puts his hand on his heart, and as soon as he does it, his breathing rate drops yeah. dramatically. Yeah. And he closes his, his eyes, and then he comes up with something. That brings tears to your eyes. Yeah. Because he's really connected with himself in a really special yeah. way. So I think whilst expressing gratitude, some people might feel a bit woo, you know, 
give it a try, you know, put your hand on your heart, imagine breathing through that area and just see what bubbles up. Yeah. I don't know about you, but I try and do three things that I'm grateful for that day. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would advocate if somebody's struggling with three, start with one. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's great actually for bringing both the left and the right hemispheres of the brain together and connecting them. So the emotion with the analytical side. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And then Ben, there's um, there's another there's another hack which, and this is a genuine hack, and mm. um, this is something that some of the audience are gonna think, really, is this even a thing? <laughs> um, and you know, like everything, give it a go. It works for you. It works for you. This isn't expensive, but it's called binaural beats. Yeah. And effectively, what binaural beats is, is you wear headphones like this, yep. and um, there'll be some kind of um, sound which has either got a wave to it or a beat yeah. to it that plays through both sides of the head, headphones. Yep. But for example, one side will have, say, music playing at 200 hertz. Yep. The other side will have music playing at, say, 205 hertz. Yeah. And then your brain gets confused. Yes. Because it's hearing different frequencies from different sides. Mm. And then what your brain does is it creates something called a binaural beat to make up the difference of the five hertz. Okay. And that binaural beat that your brain creates pushes your brain into that brainwave frequency. Yep. Okay. So if you wanted to say get yourself into the alpha theta boundary, which yeah. is around about the eight hertz. Yeah. You play a binaural beat, just eight hertz. So a binaural beat sound, which has a difference of eight hertz, that's going to help push you into that alpha theta zone. And binaural beats are highly effective to get you in that flow state zone. Yeah. They're also effective if you want to put yourself into, say, a deep meditation. So yes. you put yourself deeper into theta. Yeah. Now, there are lots of YouTube binaural beats. There yeah. is uh, there are playlists on Spotify. Yeah. You, know, you don't have to spend a lot of money to try this out. I recently did a presentation on this to a whole bunch of executives, and um, I almost, you know, the room was almost turning against me because they're like, happy. <laughs> And then there were one or two people in the room were like, I've done this before, and it's amazing. Yeah. And then I was like, thankful that there were some <laughs> other people in the room that were, that were advocates. Because, you know, this does seem, this does seem a bit woo-woo and far out there, and people might be saying, so is this just placebo? You know, again, it's yeah. placebo, who cares? But if it's free, give it a go. And it works yeah. for you, and it gets you into the flow, flow state zone, then brilliant and there's lots of this stuff on youtube as you said for different different frequencies Mm. so depending on what state somebody wants to get themselves into or what they would like to manifest in their life there's a different different frequency for that yes absolutely i think the thing to remember though is to wear headphones yep It, it will not work if you're not wearing headphones okay and would would somebody do this whilst they're meditating or is it separate to when they're meditating 
Good question. I don't know the answer to that, to be honest with you, Ben, because I haven't actually done binaural beats for meditation. Mm. I have done something similar, which is um, from a company called Biohack, and something where you're listening to, like, the noise has rain falling, yep. and you're listening for chimes, and you have to count the chimes. Okay. So it's a form of... It's, I guess it's a form of meditation and mm. I know it's combined. Yeah. I'm guessing. Um, but no, I, I don't know the answer to that, but what I'll do is I will find out and then we can pop it in the show notes. I've, I've tried both personally. Okay. I don't any consistency. Um, I mean, my, my state when I'm meditating tends to be that I'll start, I'll really relax and my head will start to drop and quite often I'll fall to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> so so i it, it helps again with getting into when i tried it with getting into that alpha towards delta state i can just feel just really relaxing and when i've been listening to different um noise frequencies it happens quite quickly as well mm. yeah i feel it's highly effective for falling asleep yeah which i'm not used to for but I would imagine that if you put yourself in that delta state, which is more, you know, deeper down towards delta, yeah. then that's going to help you drift off to sleep a lot, lot faster. Yeah. Now something, a modality that I don't think we've spoken about yet um, on the show is neurofeedback. Okay. And this isn't something that I've tried myself. Well, I had a, had a taster session in mm. the Book of Conference in California yeah. in 2017. But it was only literally for five minutes. And what neurofeedback is, um, basically put electrodes on your head. Yeah. And they're able to read your brainwave activity. Yeah. And then they're able to use that feedback to then start to train, start to train your brain. Yeah. And they can train your brain into an alpha state. Yeah. As well as they can do all sorts of other things to look at any issues you've had around. PTSD and traumatic brain injuries. So they, they get they get you know a really good insight into what's going on in mm. the brain. But the miracle thing is then they can actually start to train your brain to naturally put yourself into a certain state. Yeah. And, you know the the famous motivational speaker Tony Robbins. He went to a place called BioCybernaut. Mm. He said it's probably one of the most impactful things he's ever done in his life. Yeah, and for something like that to say something like that around neurofeedback, you know, there has yeah. to be you know, there is something there that is really, really powerful. And I know I mentioned BioCybernaut, and there's also another one called Forty Years of Zen. Yeah, these facilities are not cheap. I think they're around fifteen thousand dollars for a week, but you spend a week literally there training your brain. They know all the worlds. Know, top CEOs and executives are now going to these centers mm -hmm. because you know, they want to get that, that extra performance out. Yes. And you know, these are really effective ways of getting that you know, extra 5 or 10% out and really, you know, really sharpening up your brain. I think we're hoping to try it at some point so we can <laughs> move back. Please stay that spray. That would be fantastic, wouldn't it? Spend a week just, you know, you and your brain they give you like really good good quality food and supplements so you've got all of the 
the fuel for the tank. But then you can just, you know, I've, I've, I've known several people that have also been to the biocyphonal facility. Yeah. Um, we've got a mutual connection that's actually been, been there that I'll share with you after the show. Um, and she said it was absolutely phenomenal. Uh, yeah. It's actually yeah. life-changing for her. Yeah. Do you want to talk us around flotation tanks? Yes, this is one of my um, favourite things to do. I think we mentioned it <laughs> in some of the other episodes. And yeah. uh, Again, people shudder at the thought of <laughs> uh, being in a flotation tank. Uh, I've actually got one booked tomorrow, so I'm not going to okay. that. Now, what a flotation tank is, you basically, you're in a, what they call a pod, which yeah. is quite large, but you're probably in that much water, which is um, extremely salty. It's got Epsom yeah. salts. So what happens is you can't sink, you just float. Yeah. So you lay down on your back and you, and you float. And then you can close the lid, you can turn the lights off, mm-hmm. then what you're, you know, you've got no sensation of touch. Yeah. Because if you're floating, it's completely pitch black and you can hear no sound. Yeah. So you tend to spend an hour in a flotation tank. And it is, for me, it's been an amazing experience and it's really transformational because I can feel myself dropping quite quickly through beta to alpha to theta. And I'm in this sort of conscious, semi-unconscious state. And my brain's just solving problems after problems after problems. And then after about 40 minutes, my brain just goes quiet. It's like, Mm. leave me alone. I need time to now just be... one part of my brain is like, no, I want to think, I want to think, I want to solve more problems. Mm. And then but it's like, it's just like my brain just shuts down. Mm. And I must be dropping through alpha into low theta mm. because it's a really, it's a really, it's a really weird experience because you're aware of all, you know, you say so you're aware of all your senses. We don't have any senses, but you know, you you're very much aware of your body and how you're feeling, but yet it's almost like your brain's semi-switched off. Mm. And then afterwards then, you're just like in a bliss state. You know, you're just chilled out. Mm. Nothing bothers you. You're super aware, but you're not from a point of view of, like I've got on the wrong train and gone in the wrong direction. You still have like, you're still in this like like blissed out state where you're probably still quite deep in alpha, even though you're you're up and about and you're walking around. But I think for me, sensory deprivation tanks or flotation tanks have been one of the key things to me really increasing my performance over the last couple of years. Nick, how regularly do you have a flotation tank session? I tend to have one. Again, I think Benny, it depends what's going on. Yeah, sure. If I'm, if I'm in a particularly busy period and there's a lot going on, I'll probably have one every two weeks. Okay. At the moment, I'm tending to have one probably once a month. Yeah. And that works for me because it feels like it's the, it's the right frequency. I think, yeah. though, I think, though, you know, if I, and I think that's partly, it's partly driven by cost. Mm. And it's partly driven by the fact that my nearest flotation tank is in London. Mm. Actually, there's one in Reading near you. There is. 
There is a, it's run by a chap called Michael Cordova. So if you want an introduction, I can introduce you to Michael. <coughs> They've also got red light therapy in the centers too. Mm. So I think he's trying to build the center out. So I think if I, you know, one of my, one of my aspirations is to build a garage outside my house and have a flotation tank in there. Yeah. If I did that, I'd probably use it two or three times a week. Yeah. And I'm, I'm quite keen at some point to try and do a longer float, maybe do a, a two hour float. Okay. So that would be quite interesting to see what happens in terms of my, my mental state and my conscious. Because yeah. if I'm, if, if like the last 20 minutes my brain switches off, what's going to happen after an hour and 20 minutes? I'll probably have to have a driver to get home. <laughs> <laughs> you float back. Exactly. Um, <laughs> and how much do the sessions typically range from in price? I think it depends whether you're buying in bulk. Yeah. Um, whether you get special offers, but I think uh, sessions can range between thirty and fifty pounds a session, depending on yeah. how many you buy in the in the block. I think typically yeah. they're they're fifty pounds if you buy so a one-off session. Yeah. And that's that's comparable to having a massage, I guess. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I would, um, I would highly recommend everybody go out and try a flotation tank. They are popping up everywhere now. I think there might be, might even be one a bit closer to me now in Egham, I think. Mm. So, yeah, just, just do a quick Google search and uh, see what you can find. And then, I know we spoke about this in a previous episode. Do you want to talk around smart drugs? Yeah, I won't, I won't talk too much around smart drugs because we've covered it in a previous episode, but these are probably... The, the ultimate quick fix to try and push yourself into a flow state. Mm. And, you know, it's, it's obviously a, a temporary solution. And I think everything else that we've spoken about actually trains your brain over that period of time. And I think if you do the hard yards and you actually invest some time in the other modalities, then you're able to sort of get yourself um, into a flow state almost as and when you want to. Sure. Now, people are often looking for the quick fix and, you know, can I take a nootropic or smart drug that's going to help push me into the alpha theta state? And yeah, absolutely you can. And I think that, as I've said before in the previous episodes, make sure that if you go into experiment with any smart drugs that they are legal, that you start off with a low dose. Um, and you just be careful, yeah? And not everything is going to work for you as an individual, you know? Some things will work, some things won't because we're all biologically different. I think that um, a very safe place to start is maybe to start with some of the, some of the, these are not really smart drugs, but they're more supplements. So L-theanine and L-tyrosine, those are both uh, amino acids that will help improve your ability to focus and help and there have been lots of studies around L-theanine that does help is proven to help people drop people into that alpha state yeah and L-theanine is the active ingredient within green tea so if you've ever drunk some green tea or a lot of green tea <laughs> and realize you've got more ability to focus that's mm. probably why yeah should we should we summarize then the the hacks for getting into the flow state and this episode Yep, sounds good, Ben. Do you want me to go? Um, I don't mind. <laughs> yeah, okay. So, first of all, we spoke about 
what a flow state is and the eight mark and the eight markers around the flow state. Yeah. We also covered the different brain waves moving from uh, beta to alpha to theta to delta. And that the boundary of alpha and theta is where the flow state typically occurs. Um, and then we spoke around the modalities around um, meditation, uh, yeah. HRV training. We spoke around um, gratitude. Um, we spoke about all the beats. We covered uh, neurofeedback. Um, we also then covered uh, flotation tanks. And then finally, we sort of covered uh, smart drugs. And if you want to find out more about smart drugs, please check out our other episodes where we spoke about those in a lot more detail. Great stuff. Thanks, Nick. Great. Cheers, Ben. Thank you for listening, and we hope that you enjoyed this show. You can find the video, audio, and detailed show notes at www.upgradedexecutive.com. At the end of this 10-episode podcast series, we will send all of our subscribers an exclusive ebook, which summarizes everything that Nick and I discuss on the shows. Be sure to leave your details on our website. You can also find us on all of the social platforms at Connect With UE.